Welcome to this mini episode of the Law and Business Podcast. Uh, we're still recording from Chatter in DC. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. Technically, is this not a mini webisode? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to stay hip, man. I know, I know. <laughs> Mark, thank you for recording us. And I know we've got a question from the audience. Yes, we do have a question regarding the lawsuit involving Budweiser, Miller Coors, and corn syrup. Let's talk about this particular suit for a second, because it's Miller Coors versus Anheuser-Busch filed in federal court in Wisconsin. And yes, it's about the no corn syrup ads. So it went from Dilly Dilly. And do, do, do you have an impression? Of that one, I don't have a. Oh, I don't. Oh, I do okay, like the ads. Good. I don't have an impression for the well, dilly good. dilly. So, so I hated them <laughs> to start, and then they grew on me. And I was I, like, I okay, could see that. I could no, I could easily see that because yeah. uh, it, it's it's a very, it's a well crafted campaign that of course is now mutated into a second campaign. Um, and and Anheuser Busch even did some really fun things with that ad campaign, like when there was a trademark infringer on a dilly dilly, Anheuser Busch actually sent. Uh, a guy in a knight's outfit, and he even opened a scroll, and he read aloud the cease and desist letter, <laughs> and it's that's how you deal with it's, issues. It's absolutely, it was absolutely uh, uh, fantastic, and that turned into a viral vi- video. So you could even find find that uh, on online, but it it's now mutated from this um, dilly dilly, but keeping the same characters, and now and it started during the Super Bowl. That's right. So now, and, and, and I'm seeing the, um, not just the commercials, but also online, there are a lot of videos on social media, as well as billboards in, in so other traditional media, where these characters now say that, that Bud Light is not brewed with corn syrup, and uh, Coors Light is brewed with corn syrup. And, yeah, so and in the ads, you'll see it like... The people come to the castle and say, yes. Your Majesty, your shipment of corn syrup is here. And they're like, no, that's not for us. Right. And try cores. No, they're, they're filled with theirs. Oh, try Miller. You know? And yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's basically saying we don't use this crap, but these guys do. Yes. So that's what the lawsuit is. So so effectively, this is a lawsuit for partially uh, uh, false advertising, partially uh, what we call a false designation of origin, and effectively hurting the hurting the reputation of a competitor's trademark, and that doesn't fall in the area of slander or so, anything like that. So correct, it wouldn't be a defamation or or um, it wouldn't be right a slander or libel issue because we're we're dealing with the harm to the actual trademark. Okay, um, but a lot of what we're going to say looks like that as well. So in this particular instance. Um, uh, Miller Coors is alleging that um, some some particular facts. One, that um, nobody is actually drinking corn syrup <laughs> when they're drinking uh, a Coors Light, even though it is brewed with with corn syrup. Um, two, corn syrup is uh, something that is used in other Anheuser Busch uh, beers, uh, and and the complaint lists a whole whole lot of them. Uh, three. In other words, you're accusing us of this, and yet you appear to be doing it yourselves. Correct. You know, Correct. By and, calling and the kettle black. Correct. So while there is no corn syrup in Bud Light, um, uh, 
I, I know that that I think Budweiser itself uh, has brews with it. Brews with it, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that Stella Artois uh, brews with it as well. So there are other beers that that do brew with corn syrup. I think uh, that's pronounced Stella Artois, <laughs> which was another great ad in the Super Bowl. Sorry, that's Sorry. okay. <laughs> uh, so there are beers that are doing it, and two. A beer, the only way, way that a beer is brewed is with a carbohydrate of some particular aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this particular case, yes, Bud Light uses uh, rice, but again, other beers use, use corn syrup, and that's not particularly odd. It's not particularly weird. And, and I think you said it by using the word crap, a lot of people think that corn syrup is high fructose corn syrup, or yes. it's short for high fructose corn syrup. Yes. And in fact, high fructose corn syrup and corn syrup are two completely different animals. Yes, they're related because high fructose corn syrup means that it's, it's, a, uh, it's just a corn syrup with extra sugars in it. And a lot of food is made from that. A lot of food. Yes. As we're finding out, a lot of food. And, and, and as somebody who has been following the, the keto diet since um, September and Good has... for you. Thank you, sir. And, and hey, has you look great, weight. by the way. You look great. Oh, thank you. I, pre- I appreciate that. Um, you, you know, I can tell you what a, a reduction in carbs has done for, for my body shape. So, so, okay, I get all of this. So where's the... the you know, so, so these are the factual claims that um, Miller Coors is making in its complaint. And all of these facts lead up to a confusion or a deception in this particular advertising campaign. Um, now, Anheuser-Busch has not filed an answer yet. Answer's not, uh, not ready, probably will be filed by the time that, that we post this episode. But if I'm looking at, at this from the Anheuser-Busch standpoint, they're going to say, no, our words are technically true. Absolutely. Your Honor. <laughs> they say, they don't say that, that, that you're drinking corn syrup. They say that there is no corn syrup in Bud Light. Okay. They don't say that if you pick up a Coors, that, a Coors Light, that you are drinking cor- corn it's syrup. It's just made with. It's just made with it. Yes. Uh, Bud Light is not going to be talking about the other beers that Anheuser-Busch brews in its campaign, so there's no mention of that. All of these other other implications that they're, that um, Miller Coors is making, basically the defense is going to be, we're not saying any of that. If you look at our words, and only our words, they are completely true. Okay. I get all that. Can I interrupt okay. for a second? You're allowed. It, is the judge allowed to say, we get the words technically are true, but the <laughs> intent and the impression that you're giving is not what we would call accurate? Is there, are there a, allowable for that kind of discretion? Sure. A gray area? I would say, I would say <clears throat> yes. One is probably, the best gray area in advertising law is what we call puffery. Mm-hmm. And pu- puffery is probably not going to uh, apply here, but puffery is like, an overinflation know. of a product's like correct what it does correct so this is the best beer you've ever tasted how would you ever be able to to measure that right you know um, um, I'm looking to sue somebody that sold me sea monkeys in the back of a comic book <laughs> because they never built a great civilization like it said yes, it was like going it to says. or or what's what's <laughs> or there's a, a probably the best beer in the world um, that's what Carling. I believe is, is that what their slogan I, is? Uh, that is what their slogan it's is. Probably. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and well, right. So part of part of the issue is how do you measure these kinds of, of things? Right. Y- you can't. 
So how do you measure the effect of these words on what a consumer looks like? Well, you've got to take into effect what the average consumer thinks. And I think where Miller Coors is going to be hammering this particular case is in the angle of what do consumers perceive yes. when they hear these ads. And if you're the plaintiff in any kind of uh, deceptive advertising lawsuit, this is what you're going to look at. You're going to say, well, I get that your words are technically true, but the big issue here is the fact that a lot of people do think that just corn syrup meant high fructose corn syrup. Yes, I, I'm one of those people. Yes. I didn't differentiate, and I know I've heard both terms, but right. I didn't differentiate. I was like, oh, yeah, it must be the same thing. Right. No, So and, and, it's, and it's not. So I think a lot of people are going to I – think, I think a judge would have to look at that. Mm -hmm. um, but the other issue is, is probably intent as well. Are there going to be any adver are there going to be any excuse me interviews out there with any um, market you know CMOs or other marketing uh, uh, you know heads in a company that discuss the advertisement a little more? Like if there's a, an interview out there where somebody says, "Yeah, we we did this because we know the average consumer doesn't know the difference between the two." Well, you've just you've just dug yourself a hole that's going to be very difficult to get out of because of that perception. Advertising lawsuits are about what is deceptive and misleading. And in a case such as this one, you've got to look at the deceptiveness, you know, what is misleading, what is left out. Sure. Um, and 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 a lot of that goes then back to the creation of the advertisement. And when you work with 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 a company that's creating an advertisement, is what is said leaving anything out? You know, and and you know they're going to sit there, they're going to sit back, and they're going to say, "No, we left nothing out. This says no corn syrup. Bud Light's not not brewed with corn syrup. This one is brewed with corn syrup. That's what our campaign says, and that's all that our campaign says." Two things come to mind. Okay. First of all, um, you know. There were hours and hours of discussion. More about, than hours. Yeah. I mean, about, I mean, days. hundreds of, yeah, days, days of, of conversation about like with legal teams. Yes. With, you know, all this stuff would be like, yes. Can we say this? And so they've, they've done the math on this and they've been like, this is, this is going to be fine. I mean, they must have done that and said, we're going to be okay with this. I, I think, I think absolutely correct that even if there were a lawsuit, it's going to cost us X to defend the lawsuit and we're still going to make Y money right, because in pumping great, it out. Because it's a great campaign. Yes. Right. Absolutely correct. Okay. And all right. And like I said, this is like a mutation of the campaign. Uh, yes. And if you look at the complaint, it blatantly states that the campaign started at the Super Bowl. Well, it used the same characters from a previous campaign as well. So it already has this face to it yeah. that is that people like. Yeah. And and people have grown to to like as well. So even if there's a even if there's a monetary issue here where where Anheuser-Busch has to to pay Miller Coors something in some kind of restitution for harming their particular value or stating stuff that is deceptive and misleading in an advertisement. Sure. They've probably calculated that to still Yeah, they must have. The bean counters have to dope that out and be like Absolutely. this is if we do this, we go this route, this is going to be the profit, this is going to be, you know, the the negatives and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing that they can calculate it that Yes. accurately way yes. out, but they have to, well, to go down this kind of campaign, you have to. Absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, um, a story from uh, Dannon, 
the yogurt company, sure. when they uh, came out with Dan Active, which is this probiotic yogurt, mm-hmm. uh, they they had they have the they had the science um, to to talk about which probiotics they have in, in the yogurt and what it does and and why it's not different other probiotics and because those do different things to your digestive system. They had all the science planned out. When the FTC came around to find them for having advertisements that were deceptive, they basically did a calculation. It would cost X to pay the fine. It would cost Y to defend the lawsuit, along with Z to change our advertising and labeling. Well, the fine plus all the changes in their advertising and labeling were less than than the, the cost of the defending yeah. of the lawsuit, even though they probably would have won because they had the scientific research there. Right. Well, they did the calculation and they paid the fine. That's amazing. I know, even though there was technically really nothing wrong with the advertising. Right, because it's just the path yeah. of least resistance for them. Exactly. So the bean counters are there. That was the run. The world runs on bean counters. We know that. Um, the other thing. That comes to my mind, and because I'm of certain age, and I'm going to bring you up to my age and say that we grew up <laughs> in the, around the same time, because we pretty much did. But And I don't remember when this happened, but at some point there was a court ruling that said you could name your competitor in advertisements. Because when I was a kid, it was never Budweiser versus Coors or Miller. It was Brand X is yes. terrible, but yes. Budweiser's the greatest <laughs> beer ever. They ne- it was always Brand X or this, that, or the other. It was never, the company wasn't named specifically. I want to say it happened in the late 70s or early 80s, because I remember when they started happening, yeah. you're like, wow, they just called them out. Wow. Yes. I, and, and I don't necessarily know that it was one particular court case, but we've had this shifting, uh, uh, shifting attitude towards trademarks and advertisements. And uh, um, it goes from either comparing products and frankly if the comparison is truthful well then you're not harming the value of somebody else's trademark it's not a false or de- it's not right. false advertising right it's not deceptive advertising it's not misleading advertising right. so there is no cause of action there right from from the the Lanham Act unless the you're the, unless you're the inferior product you say that's just not nice man well it might not be nice but, <laughs> but, but it's legal but it's it's true <laughs> right so so we have that shifting that shifting attitude and, and just to keep going with what the shifting attitude looks like, um, today we have a lot of advertisements with two brands in them. You know, whether yeah. that's, whether that's I, I mean, you might remember the Super Bowl ad from a couple of years ago where it was uh, the Chevy ad with the end of the world and the Twinkies were, were also a part of it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right? Like a lot of ad agencies were not expecting that. And when the ad execs saw that ad, everybody was shocked. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, because it's two brands in one commercial, and now you're seeing that that yeah, a lot more with tiered, two brands. Yeah. Yes, with two brands in one commercial, because there are some more efficiencies between two companies that have no, you know, Hostess and Chevrolet have no particular relationship right. to each other, and they were able to play that into something. Is the area where you see that the most maybe with movies? Like movies are marketing themselves, and they'll attach themselves to an like a car ad or something like that. Yeah, I, but that seems that that's a little more traditional because sometimes it goes it works both ways. Like sure. there's you'll see the car in the movie, so there's the product placement right. in the movie, and then of course then you have right then you have the advertisement as well. So that that's a little more traditional. Yeah, the, the Twinkies and that it was like wow, I didn't see that coming. Right. Wow. Right. Well, that's this is a fascinating case, <laughs> Mark. And, thanks for the question. Yeah, well, and you've you've helped me, and I'm hoping all the listeners out there understand it just a little bit better. Thanks, Thank man. You.